This week on episode 466 of Priority One, we trek out Star Trek's Emmy campaigning, more Lower Decks news, and non-Simon Pegg movie news. Sort of. In Star Trek Gaming, Timelines releases its newest event, and Fleet Command takes to the airwaves. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 466 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, June 26th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Tony. I'm Kat. And I'm Anthony. And we're missing Elio tonight, but he's out sick and he'll be back next week. Get better soon for our friend. And here in the audio booth is our chief audio engineer, Skiffy. Hello, everyone. Before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on the weekly conversations. Whether via social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Maintaining all these great features would not be possible with the help and support of our Patreons, our folks like you in the audience that want to continue to get the very best of Star Trek delivered to your ear holes every single week. But during this time, we're also very well aware that not everyone can make that financial contribution due to the uh, continuing pandemic or other circumstances. Please, in lieu of financial support, a share, a like, uh, telling your friends and fellow Trekkies about our show is always a big help to us. And don't forget that there are also a number of charitable organizations these days that could sure use your help with regard to the ongoing protests and uh, civil rights and civil liberties issues surrounding our nation at this time. So please keep someone in your mind to support, whether it's us or a worthy charity. And speaking of patrons, we want to welcome Sleepy John to our Patreon family. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. John, what places? I don't know. Then let's check it out. It's campaign season again, but it's not red hats versus blue waves or any other such nonsense. We're talking about important stuff. Campaigning for entertainment industry awards. Okay, so campaigning for a trophy may not be as important as deciding who makes the policies that govern our lives, but uh, that's what we cover. On Saturday, June 20th, Star Trek Picard executive producer and star Sir Patrick Stewart sat down with Deadline's Dominic Patton to discuss the series and make a pitch for an Emmy on Contenders TV. Stewart, as has become custom, led with the tale of his initial rejection of a Picard revival. He did, however, refer to a project we often discuss in this program, Logan. I compared it to the last movie that Hugh Jackman and I did in the X-Men franchise, Logan, which could not have been more different from every single moment in the films that have gone before. And I said, if you can do something like that, not the same thing, you know, I don't want to be driving around chanting nursery rhymes in a shitty old wheelchair. But if you can find that transformation of the man and his spirits, then I'm up for it. 
Stewart also talked about his excitement in reuniting with his former Next Gen co-stars before giving away a possible hint about season two. Oh, it was a very desirable and a very emotional experience to be reunited with Jonathan, with Marina Sirtis, and with Brent, who, although he doesn't appear that often, has a very, very significant role in season one, and maybe he might have again in season two. Um, but I can say no more than that. Sorry to be so coy. For the full 11-minute long interview, follow the link in our show notes. You know... This just confirms to me that he was supposed to die at the end. Doesn't it? They could have kept Hugh and killed Picard, which I think would have been better. They, yeah, that would have made sense. They claim it was the it was the idea from the very beginning that they were going to put him in an android body. I don't know. I'm sure they're going to claim that now. Yeah, and the Logan thing just keeps coming up. It just, you know, it just keeps coming up over and over again, how he, he wanted it to be that kind of a story. Someone who was beyond his years but still had a contribution to make, needing to do one last thing before he let go. I mean, even the little girl in Logan is like the little girl in uh, Picard, you know? I think that they had it planned from the beginning that they could have, that they had the option to make a choice. I think they planned it in such a way that if Patrick Stewart didn't want to do season two, they could, ju- they could just kill him. And if he did, then they could put him in an android body. Now see, that I'll buy. Ah, uh, plan B. Yeah, you know they had a plan B. Yeah. That's what I think. That I'll buy. Because, you know, they wouldn't really, yep, here you go. We've got the whole whole great arc. You're one season in and you're done. Why don't you come join us in the writer's room and let's see how it goes. And he he gets to the writer's room and he likes what's happening and he gets enthusiastic into it. And he's like, one day he goes in there, you know, I don't don't have to die, do I? And they're like, I like more money. Do you like more money? (laughs) And they're like, yes, we do. And so, yeah, I, I, I buy that. I buy that version of it for sure. Patrick Stewart wasn't alone on the campaign trail. This week, Star Trek director and trailblazer Hanalee Culpepper talked with Variety about directing Picard's first three episodes. Culpepper discussed her visual approach to the series, saying, quote, I wanted it to feel inspired by where Picard was on his emotional journey. He was living in a vineyard. He felt trapped. So I wanted to have a little bit more of a static frame and then go handheld once his world is rocked in the pilot. We switched to handheld cameras pretty much as much as possible after that. In Star Trek, we have to get those big cinematic shots with drones and cranes and stuff, but we always wanted to not forget that it's really a character-driven series with Picard at the heart, end quote. In regards to directing Sir Patrick Stewart and the cohesion of the writers and actors, Culpepper said, quote, Because he was so involved with the writers and a lot of the things that he felt about his character were already incorporated into the script. So for me, it was just about creating the safe space where he could do the things he wanted to do. He was still collaborative with me, but ultimately it was nice to be in a situation where the actor and the writers are all on the same page for who this character is, end quote. For more from Culpepper, including her inclusion in the inaugural class of the Reframe Rise program, check out the link in our show notes. What's the Reframe Rise program? It is a comprehensive and customized two-year sponsorship program that provides high-level endorsement and career acceleration for experienced female directors who are poised to lead commercial features and high-profile television shows, according to the production notes. Thank you, Commander Data. That's excellent. <laughs> yes, that show notes courtesy of our producer, Jake. Thanks, Jake. For as much complaining as I've done personally about Picard, it's a beautifully shot show. For, for as far as you know, direction and things like that, I mean, it's... It's an exceptionally well-crafted piece of television. Yeah, did you watch those Ready Room episodes with her 
with Will Wheaton? I don't watch the extra stuff. I, I, I... Uh, Anthony, did you watch this? Yeah, I did. And um, it's funny because the first couple of iterations of The Ready Room, like The Ready Room and, and After Trek, I think that this version with Will Wheaton is actually the best. And I did see all those episodes with uh, with Hanalee Culpepper and really great insight. I mean, she's definitely a talented filmmaker. I remember when, when we watched her episode of Discovery, I was a little concerned about her being hired to, to start off Picard. But I actually thought the first three episodes were fairly strong as far as the, the rest of the series goes. I think it started off really well. And um, I thought she did a fantastic job, and I'm really glad that she's a part of, you know, the Star Trek franchise, and hopefully she'll do more uh, on Picard Season 2, or even maybe she's got some episodes in Discovery Season 3. It'll be great to see her work again. I mean, I loved Picard. I mean, the first intro, and when she talked in the ready room about, you know, her color choices and all the thought that she put into it, it was really um, interesting. It seems the Lower Decks hype train is leaving the station, which means the show can't be far behind. This week, Entertainment Weekly discussed the animated Star Trek series with creator and showrunner Mike McMahon. McMahon once again separated Lower Decks from his other hit cartoon comedy, Rick and Morty, telling EW, quote, The fun of Rick and Morty is that it breaks down sci-fi tropes and is told through Rick Sanchez, who has a very specific, chaotic, nihilistic lens, he says. Lower Decks treats mythological sci-fi things just as important as regular Trek show, while finding new stories to tell just from a different angle. It's not disassembling mythological sci-fi things, it's treating them as important for everybody on the starship as it would be in a regular Star Trek show, end quote. McMahon confirmed the series takes place during the Next Generation's time period before teasing possible cameos, saying, quote, Next Gen is my favorite era, and as a huge Trek fan, I would definitely want to try to use some of them so that I could not only build out the world, but also work with some of my heroes. But I can't get more specific than that. You'll have to wait and see. End quote. Along with the story are a couple new stills, one featuring a dirty and torn crew with TNG Type 2 phasers pulled, and another with the Lower Decks gang enjoying what looks to be margaritas. A tweet that I saw was, margaritas cold salt <laughs> yeah. yeah so actually those are space margaritas because they're having them in space well, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't tell the replicator that though the replicator would just look at you like you're stupid like like no kidding man it's implied replicators don't have yeah, eyes it's <laughs> how are they gonna look at me internal sensors how would they know whose space lunch card to punch i mean you know if you if you got replicator rations you know they don't know they you'd have to know who's who's at ordering the stuff i guess i did read somewhere that this that the show actually takes place right after nemesis i believe well they changed the uniform so that makes sense yeah so yeah that'll be cool to see sort of that time frame and sort of what's going on and i love the concept of uh bringing in the cameos and and how nothing's off limits and i you know i think that's going to be like the fan service show that that we can all go to if we if we need that you know please have michael dorn <laughs> that would be so good I, i'm sure i'm sure he's already put his hand up and has volunteered i'm, I'm sure that he's, oh, he's he already asked there has to be like some click on that'd be awesome i want john delancey Oh, oh, my God, yeah. yes. Oh, he's, he's Discord in My Little Pony. Of course he's going to show up as animated Q in this one. Yeah. he'll. Wouldn't it be great, though, if he just, like, shows up for, like, five seconds and then leaves? Like, just a little, like, you know, just randomly throughout the series? He's like, oh, wait, you're not the captain. I want to talk to the guy in charge. And, like, <laughs> beeps out, you know, just, just flashes out. Well, if it's TNG, 
time period, I mean, why not? Oh man, that'd be awesome. And that, that's that's a good point here because Q is a good intersection between Rick and Morty and Star Trek because you know Q views everything as a trope, right? It's like, oh, another gaseous anomaly. Oh, just change the gravitational constant. What's the big deal? I mean, <laughs> you know, he it, that's a good intersection. So I think it, having Q in at least one episode would be a really good way to mix the sentiments and the, the tone from Rick and Morty with with Star Trek. He wants to do something nice for me. <laughs> I'll alert the crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Now let's talk Star Trek movies for a second. Before you ask, this is not another interview with Simon Pegg, but don't worry, he's involved peripherally. This week, Kelvin Spock actor Zachary Quinto is promoting the second season of his AMC series, Nos4A2, with ComicBook.com. The conversation turned to Star Trek, and Quinto was asked for his thoughts on, wait for it, Simon Pegg's comments about Star Trek being more suited for television. Quinto responded, quote, It's already thriving in the television format with Discovery and Picard and the spinoffs, Quinto said. I can't even keep track of how many new Star Trek stories are being told since our last film in 2016. All I know is that we, all of us, had an incredible experience making those films. If there's an appetite for more of those stories with us in them, I'm sure that we would all be thrilled to come back and do one more or whatever, but I'm not really attached to it anymore. End quote. Quinto elaborated on his comment saying, quote, I stepped away from any expectation or real certainty that it's ever going to happen again. I think that's the only real way to move through the world, right? If it happens, that'd be great, but I'm not going to sit around waiting for it to happen. I have lifelong friendships from those films and working relationships and a lot of respect and fond memories. So if that's what it ends up being, and I can look back on my life and say, that's what it was, then that's incredible. And if we do get to do more, that's also incredible. End quote. Does this mean that the Noah Hawley project won't feature the Kelvin timeline crew? No, not definitively, but it certainly doesn't instill confidence that it will either. So I think the next Star Trek movie project needs to be Star Trek Avengers. They need to round up as many characters from the different shows and do one big movie, saving the time continuum, and then celebrating 50 plus years of Star Trek, and then sort of closing the chapter on all the old stuff and starting the new chapter moving forward is what I think they should do. So what you want is the latest episode of Star Trek Online. Not as long and not as boring, but yes. <laughs> That's not true. I really well, enjoyed the fired. episodes. Okay. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I really enjoyed those episodes, you know, playing them through a couple times. Take the last five minutes and then expand that out, what you're saying, where all the all the ships show yeah, up. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, something happens, they gotta go and round up these different people because they're experts in what they what they need to do. You know, bring Kira along, Bashir, Data, Picard, you know, bring Q and, you know, make it a Q thing. You know, I mean, they they sort of did this in the comic books recently with the Q conflict, where they mashed the TOS, TNG, Voyager, and DS9 crews together. But I say, let's, let's do it all. Let's bring in, you know, old Kirk. Let's bring in Kelvin Timeline, Discovery, everybody. Let's just do it. I just don't see it because the fandom is... Ugh. No matter what they do, every, someone, everyone, it'll be like half of everybody hates it and then everyone else likes it and it'll just be the same stuff for all the new things. It just is a practical matter, getting all those people to get whose schedules work out at the same time for production. I, I, Forget the practical matter. It's, it's a matter of... Star Trek has tried repeatedly to do what Disney's doing with Marvel and they've proven to me over and over again that they can't pull that off. No. It's, so I think whatever they, if they tried to do that, it would be a, a nightmare. Well, they need to not try to do what Marvel does. They just need to do what Star Trek does best and make a good movie that is about humanity growth, but bring in characters from different series. I don't know. Like, it seems like there's too many 
people that have a say in all that. Yeah, I, it, there's there's definitely a too many cooks problem with with Star Trek uh, with that sort of stuff. But I will. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say I want to see Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek. Ooh, I do too. I bet he could do like a Section Thirty One Emperor Giorgio. Awesome story. I, I want them to do Yesterday's Enterprise with the Kelvin Timeline crew. Go back to Kirk's dad oh. and fix the Kelvin timeline. Oh. oh, well, that would be good. I could see that. That was Quentin Tarantino's idea. That was Quentin Tarantino's pitch. I don't think that was his idea. It was his pitch. 2015 podcast. Yeah, his because he loved Yesterday's Enterprise so much. He kept insisting, you know, that should be its own movie. That's the movie I want to see. If they want one more swan song, uh, last ride for the Kelvin Timeline crew, which which I would watch. I would definitely watch it. That way they've got a great excuse to pull in Chris Hemsworth for another ride uh, as, as George Kirk. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that this that would be the way to do it. I think that's a great idea. I would watch that also. I would totally watch that, though. That leads us to our first community question this week. If Star Trek's next silver screen offering doesn't feature the Kelvin crew, what do you want it to be about? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our community question post on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to check out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, this week in Star Trek Online news, we're still waiting, and we're patient. And we would like to think that serious plans are being discussed and considered at this time to answer our call to action for Cryptic to go ahead and make a statement of concrete support for the civil rights and liberties of everyone in this country and for uh, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. It's important to us. I think it's important to everybody in the gaming industry and in the gaming community uh, and in the Star Trek community in particular to know that the Gene Roddenberry's lifelong commitment to infinite diversity and infinite combinations is honored by everybody who makes a living off of that legacy. So we're patient. We're waiting. We'll welcome your message when it comes. In other gaming news... June continues to be a big month for Star Trek Timelines players as the before and after inspired Mega Events third installment runs from June 25th to June 29th. Kess's voyage through her people's past continues with Against the House, a galaxy event for the Federation and Terran Empire factions. This event's ranked reward is the new five-star Krenum Guest Chakotay, along with the new five-star Dr. Van Gogh, four-star Karen Archer, as seen in the Enterprise episode E-Squared, and returning four-star Krenum Officer Obrist as event crew. As always, players will receive a high bonus for the event crew and Mega Events recurring featured five-star crew Suspira. Small bonuses will apply for any variant of the Doctor EMH or crew with the Warp Theorist or Caregiver Traits. Star Trek Fleet Command has published the first episode of their own official podcast called Commander's Hub. The inaugural episode features a wide-ranging interview with game designer Keenser, covering such topics as the impact of COVID-19 on the game's development, how they prioritize bug fixing, adding a black market mechanic to the game, targeting new content to both low- and high-level players, PC game client possibilities, game server merge needs and plans, and the life cycle for Borg event content. If you're curious about these Fleet Command topics, you can catch the podcast on YouTube via the link in our show notes. To Armada News. This week in Armada News, 
If you were not aware, we have an event every Thursday where we team up with other Armada members to earn marks in Dilithium uh, on TFO Thursday. So all you have to do is check your events tab in the fleet window and it will tell you what time that happens in your local time zone. Also in Armada news, this Saturday we are having a big day since uh, we postponed a bunch of our anniversary events, but it's our seventh year anniversary in the Armada and we are celebrating. We are having our costume contest and our big triathlon. Check the Armada website for more details. Uh, but anyway, what I was saying was uh, this Saturday, we are continuing our seventh year anniversary celebrations with two events. So again, check your events tab in the fleet window uh, and that will tell you what time all that is happening in your local time zone. If you are an Armada member, yeah, please join us because we're giving away so much stuff, tons of stuff, billions of EC of stuff. Well, in total throughout the month, but we're going to have some amazing giveaways on Saturday. So anyway, check out the website, PriorityOneArmada.com if you would like to join. And we have all the information about the events posted on there. That's all we have to cover this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Last week, our community question was, are you excited to see more Starfleet in Season 2 of Picard? Or would you prefer the second season focus on something else entirely? From Twitter, Berthalf writes, I don't need Starfleet in my trek. There are shows already covering that and there's so much else they can cover. I'd prefer them to stay with the XBs and Romulans for a while longer. Maybe take a trip to Vernat? Investigate the Separatists and the beginnings of the Republic. Yeah, I'd watch that. That'd be cool. I'd watch that too. I don't that'd think that's what it's going to be about, but I would. I would watch that. I want. I want Fenris Rangers. <gasps> yes. I want. I want Seven of Nine's Rescue Rangers. That's what I want. I want a prequel spinoff with Seven and Hugh with the Fenris Rangers. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I want. No a prequel that. spinoff, animated miniseries, straight to video, a DVD on demand. Yeah, this is. We'll, we'll put all the buzzwords in. <laughs> We'll put all the buzzwords. I still want a half-hour comedy Picard and Q off in the galaxy. They kind of did that with Spock and Q. Do you remember that? They had like a, I don't know, was like a lecture series or an audio book. They had, oh, they had Leonard Nimoy right. and John Delancey. Really? really? It was an audio book, but they both read the, they both read the parts. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was they had a Spock versus Q thing. So yeah, I mean they could do, they could update that for sure. Hey, give Zachary Quinto something to do. <laughs> oh. I didn't realize he was on Nosferatu. I mean, isn't he? Nosferatu? No? I didn't even know that was on AMC. Now I feel like I'm way behind and need to catch uh, up. Us us doing this show teaches us so much. Yeah, it's, we seriously. just we know we learn so many things thanks to our, our brilliant production staff, uh, Shane Hoover and Advisory Panda and and Jake Morgan. So thanks guys. Kat's ready to do her own Nosferatu podcast. Look, that's a great book. If you don't read any Joe Hill, you should. I don't read anything. It's period, a graphic so. novel. It's a graphic novel, so Anyway. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Tyler Maxwell writes in and says, I'd be okay with more Starfleet stuff in Season 2, but I'd also be okay if they didn't show up much, if at all. Jean-Luc Picard basically is Starfleet, at least the good part, trying to appeal to people's better natures, sometimes stumbling, but always working to help folks and do the right thing. Having Starfleet proper as a begrudging, sometimes partner-slash-side character could give the show room to explore what it really means to carry forward Trek ideals outside of the group of seeming self-righteous do-gooders flying around in heavily armed spaceships while wearing matching technical our outfits. Harsh words. Dang. 
harsh words, but I mean, maybe fair, because they did put Jonathan Frakes in a Technicolor outfit and stick him on a carbon copy battleship that they have a thousand of now, so... I don't know, maybe. I was going to make a comment of how, huh, they have all those ships that are carbon copies, but they couldn't come up with some to help people escape? What? Anyway. Um, Different times, 14 years ago. Yeah. You know, lots of time to rebuild Mars or something, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. On Twitter, Sean Newboy and JP Annan have similar thoughts. I want to learn more about the state of the Federation and... Not necessarily Starfleet, but the Federation, its current state, and its relation to the other powers. This may mean some Starfleet, but not much. And from Facebook, veteran Trek actor and friend of the show, Tracy Lee Coco writes, Hashtag, bring back Lieutenant J. Aw, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. She should be in the Rescue Rangers. She was at she was at the premiere of Picard, so she may yeah, have talked so to some people. May, may I, never know. I, I, I would totally watch that. You know, I mean, I think she'd be... It seems like a logical place for her to go, right? You know, she's promoted to, you know, commander or whatever, retires because she's sick of this business, but she's not ready to settle down yet. She goes out to the... wherever that place was. Uh, the What was the geographical region? Was it just neutral zone? Oh, where the zone, Fenris right? Rangers were? Oh, yeah. I forget. No, it had a name. I, it was... Uh, uh, yeah, it, had it was like unclaimed was. space or something, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, well, I, 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 my impression or my point. recollection was it was like where the neutral zone used to be, but it yeah. wasn't called the neutral zone anymore because there's no more Romulan Empire. Right. So, just sort of that area. So yeah, so she she hitches a ride out to that area, that that part of town, the the bad part of the galaxy, and she like you know just takes up with a band of you know rabble rouser Robin Hood types. Seems legit. I like it. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, it was former uh, neutral zone. Kiris sector. There you go. Yeah. Where that, Free that's Cloud where Jay was. Would end up. Yeah, where Free Cloud was. I believe it. Or she could just play like a hundred characters. <laughs> no, just the one, but she'd have a different Technicolor outfit for, for each episode. She'd have a red one some episodes, and a blue one some episodes, and a yellow one some episodes. Well, that wraps up episode 466 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcast.roddenberry.com for a complete list, then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley and Peter Archibald. And here's a reminder of our community question for the week. If Star Trek's next silver screen offering doesn't feature the Kelvin crew, what do you want it to be about? Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, me, and Anthony, and the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community, including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. 
This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, William, Brandon, Rand, Daniel, Roscoe, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, and associate producer, Shane Hoover, with support from Advisory Panda of the Priority One Armada. Thanks for helping us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our social media manager and guest host this week, Anthony Cox. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Sue. Engage. Engage. This week, Star Trek director and trailblazer. And this week, Star Trek director and trailblazer Hanalee well, Culpepper. One more time with the trailblazer. Patrick Stewart wasn't alone on the campaign trail. This week, Star Trek director and trailblazer. I know. See, even you wouldn't think it'd be a tongue twister, but it is. <sighs> oh, I need to read the last. Oh, sorry about that. I didn't read any of the red words. That's my problem. Yeah, red See, words. See, over at the other show, I just put the community question bad. in yellow, and that's all I read. And so, but there's red words here. <laughs> I need to read the red words. Beep, beep. This is Anthony closing sync three. All right, and let's do... And this is do... Skiffy closing sync. Oh. Never mind. Well, wow. Well, you haven't ever said anything, Skiffy. I think the what? last... That's true. Yes, I think last week... I'm pretty sure last week, Skiffy synced up by saying, this is Skiffy closing. I don't ever I say anything. Sync four, so... It's totally true. Yeah. No, you guys go ahead. Okay, it's all right. totally so, fine. Yeah, you're, now you're, you're in, though, now. You're in. Okay, all right, fine. By the way, are we supposed to click the red button on go or go and then click the button? Yeah, I've been wondering that, too. Yeah, we need I've to clarify this I've been assuming we more. click it on three. I've been starting on three. So, so we, yeah, you should always start on three for sure. So, yeah, so over at the other show, we go three, <laughs> two, and then I say I'm silent on the one, and then I point my finger at the camera, and everybody knows that when I do that, you, you hit. <laughs> See, it's all very clear over on the other show podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network